if you were so kind as to look in your scriptures, we're going to look in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy. When I was learning my Bible books, this book was not Deuteronomy. This book was Deuteronomy. Because that's how we learned it in the island. And then when I came here and I'm at a church and I asked, let's open our scripture to Deuteronomy. And everybody said, where? And I told them which book of Moses. And it's, oh, you mean Deuteronomy. Okay. Deuteronomy it is. And we're going to be reading out of chapter 8, verses 6 through 10. Uh, do any of you have found this version in the Pew Bible? What page is it? 145. Page 145 for those of you who are looking for Deuteronomy. Page 145. Thank you. And listen to and for the word of the Lord as we read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 6 through 10. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of waters with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone, and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. The word of the Lord. The gospel reading this morning uh, is out of the gospel of John. And what page is that? Because somebody shouted. John chapter 5. 866, 866. You know why I'm doing this? Some of you say, oh, this should be there in the bulletin. Nah, I'm making you getting engaged with the Bible. That's what we're doing, okay? Because I know we don't do it at home as often as we should. <gasps> Gossiper, you don't know that. <laughs> Sorry. No, but we should. So John chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This is the gospel of the Lord. After Jesus returned to Jerusalem from one of the, to, for one of the Jewish holidays, inside the city near the Sheep Gate, there was the Pool of Bethesda, a five covered porches, uh, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, laying on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man replied, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Uh Uh-oh. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was uh, cured, "Uh, uh, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. The gospel of the Lord. I can't imagine uh, this guy, if he were uh, like me, if he was from where I'm from, <laughs> and, and somebody at, at, dares to tell me, I'm healed. For 38 years, I'm okay now. I can walk. And suddenly some preacher, that's who it was, tells me, oh, you, you can't do that because you can't carry the mat. You know what I would have done? You carry it then. And I walk out. Because <laughs> I couldn't walk. Just remember that. I couldn't even walk for 38 years. And suddenly I can? And you're coming with that over? Get a life. Get a life. You see, we human beings are always walking. Whether we want it to or not, we're always walking. And walking, perhaps today, is a metaphor of living our lives, of, of, of moving and approaching our lives in different ways. I'm going to start a, a small series this, uh, this uh, season, uh, for this month, called basically um, New Ways. We're going to be talking about a new way of walking. Today, we're going to be talking about a new way of seeing things. We're going to be talking about a new way of feeling inside and feeling things, particularly God. And then we're going to conclude at the end of the month with a new way of living. So this is a new way series, and I want to invite you to follow me today as we learn a new way to walk. Oh, the, the Oinker sisters kind of told us that a new way to walk makes our spirit shine. That a new way to walk makes me walk confidently. That a new way of walking makes me walk with my head up high. You see, we are walking constantly in our lives. We are walking looking for jobs. We are walking looking for health. We are striving looking for new ways of improving our lives. Some of us are walking into the darkness and they don't know where they're heading. Some of us are walking up and down the streets and yet we do not find a purpose for our walk. Some are walking among our communities and we still don't find purpose. We walk a kind of walk that is depressed. We walk a kind of walk that is disappointing. We walk a kind of walk that is down, that is downtrodden. We walk a kind of walk that is tired. We walk the kind of walk that just doesn't take us anywhere. It seems that we seem to, it seems that we walk in circles and we don't get anywhere in relationships. We get nowhere with our lives because we literally are walking in circles. We walk as as if there was, as if we have it together, some of us. We walk as we have it all in control. Some of us even walk as we have it all together. But privately and deeply, we also know that we're walking with fears, with insecurity, suspicions, and even deep-seated angers. We walk into the darkness of our souls, and there is no light. And sometimes we just stay there and camp in that darkness. We walk into the lions that we ourselves have created, and we just stay there in panic as we see their mouths opening and roaring towards us. We walk and become weary. We walk and become tired. We walk through the fire. 
and almost burn. We walk through the high waters and we almost can't breathe. We walk against the wild wind that pushes us back, further back than we want to walk. We walk as if we have no hope. We walk alone. There's a new TV series for our younger ones that's called The Walking Dead. And as I was watching an episode last night, because I knew I was going to be using the term, you know what it is about? Zombies. And I don't know if you remember last Easter Sunday, we had a large crowd here and a lot of younger ones, and I had to explain that Jesus was not a zombie. Uh, You probably have never heard in 50 years of church that kind of explanation. Well, I have to clarify it because there's a whole new generation out there that really believes Jesus is a zombie. Why? Because Jesus was killed and he came back to life. Meaning, Jesus is a zombie. That's their understanding. So, from now on, if you hear me that Jesus is not a zombie, I'm not addressing you, Dot. But people younger than your granddaughter, welcome. Nice to see you again. Yeah, you hear that, right? They think the zombies exist. And there's a whole cult. Of course, there's some who take it as a fun thing and, and a way to distract their lives from walking endlessly. But they are walking dead. They're literally the walking dead. You know that, that Romans, Paul tells us that we are dead in our sins and trespasses. So it is true. There are walking dead all over the community. Paul also reminds us in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are dead and that nothing can be done to us in chapter 2 of Ephesians verse 1. We are dead. And it takes the initiative of God to bring us up to life. It takes the initiative of God to get these walking dead who are in church, who are in communities, who are leaders to have a life and learn a new way to walk. A walk of life, a walk of victory, a walk of confidence, no matter what the storms bring by. But we walk as if we were walking dead. But God has given us a new way to walk. It, talks about a, uh, uh, it takes a little while to learn that way of walking. Uh, Edwin Christopher, my younger son, never crawled, and that was a problem. He never crawled. He actually got up against the wall one day, And from that wall, he ran to the other wall, and he learned to walk. One day, Lloyd and I are cooking, and and something dashes through the kitchen, and we looked at each other and said, we don't have a dog, we don't have a cat, what in the world was that? And when we looked, it was our son. Actually, it was not good for him because he was doing it tippy-toeing, and he was too young, and his bones actually bowed a little bit. So he had to wear the two casts for a while to straighten it up. Because he never crawled. He skipped the whole thing. Uh, that's his attitude in life. Skip life and get, <laughs> get there one way or the other. But you see, he learned to walk. But you see, Isaiah, and, and if, we walk, if we walk weary, if we walk tired, If we walk through the fire and through high waters, and if we walk against the wind and the wind pushes us back, and if we walk alone, Isaiah gives us a promise. Isaiah reminds us that there is a walk that is deeper and that is healthier. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you, reminds us Isaiah in chapter 42. When you go, when you walk through the rivers of difficulty, you will not 
drown because I will be with you. When you walk through the fire of oppressions, you will not be burnt because I am with you. The flames will not consume you. That is the promise. That is the promise. In our gospel story, uh, this is a fascinating story that Jesus is walking through. And, and this pool of Bethesda, by the way, if you have been in Israel, it is there. You can go see the pool. And, and the old legend was that an angel of the Lord, old King James uses that idea, that an angel of the Lord would come down and stir the waters. In the newer versions, what we found out is that uh, there was no real angel of the Lord, but there was a rush, a gush of water underwater river. And as that cistern filled up, it came a time where the water would gush up and bubble it up like a geyser. But all these people were there because something happened, whether it was an angel who moved it or not, whether it was water that just ran under or what, something happened that when people were there for centuries, if they were the first one to touch the waters, they got healed. If people didn't get healed with the waters, there would have been a construction of this whole space with five porches and a whole population of people who were in need and hurting, waiting to go down to the waters. So it was happening. Something was happening there. And this dude had been there for over 30 years. Our story tells us 38 long years. Goodness sake. Anyone here under 38? Yeah. 38 long years. He was there. He was stuck there. He could move. He tried. He was really trying. For 38 years, the dude was trying to get to the waters first, but he was never able to do it. Somebody else always got there first. But Jesus appeared, my dear sister and brother. But Jesus appeared. And when Jesus appears in the middle of your stuckness, when Jesus appears in the middle of when you have nowhere to walk, or when Jesus appears when you're paralyzed due to fear, due to insecurities, or what now, Lord? When Jesus appears, Jesus appears and asks you the question, would you like to get well? I'm asking you this morning, would you like to get well? Amen. And Jesus appeared. Would you like a new way to walk, asking the old man? Would you like to, to live a life where you can move forward? Would you like to fix your paralysis? Would you like to get out of the stuckness of life? Would you like to get help? Would you like to have the power of walking? And I'm amazed at the man's downtrodden, frustrated, lost hope already answer. He resisted the miracle. He turned down the help. How many VAs could he have had? He just had lost the faith. He, he had lost a sense of adventure in life. He probably had forgotten how to walk if he ever knew how to walk. And even though he wanted to get well, he was afraid of even getting well. But Jesus loved him. And this time, sometimes when Jesus loves us, he gets into a conversation with us like he did with the woman at the well. Like he did with Mary and Martha. He, got in, he engaged into a conversation to clarify some things. But I guess Jesus was so excited and Jesus was so full of the power of God at that moment that he said, oh, forget those arguments. Oh, forget your objections. Oh, forget your I can't, Lord. I don't care, said Jesus. Get up and walk. No excuses. Get up and walk. 
And I tell you one thing. Doctor knows this. If the man had not been walking for 38 years, those muscles would have had atrophy. They could not have moved. But however, the miracle was complete, total, and he got up to walk. I mean, he was accused of carrying his bed. Get a life, people. And he was able to walk. I'm asking you this morning, would you like to walk a new way in life? Would you like to have a new approach to a new way of relating to others, to yourself, to handling finances, to handling relationships, to handling life with others and life itself? Get up and walk, says the Lord. God wishes to show you a new way to walk. Oh, it takes time. Actually, he said, how is this going to be this new way of walking? Well, when we adopt Jesus' new way of walking, we have to learn. Why do we have to learn? Because we have learned to walk wrong. We've learned to walk wrong with one foot in the mouth. Like I do often. And what do you do, Jennifer, when you stick your foot in the mouth? That plus you try to hop off gracefully with the other one. <laughs> but there's relearning to be done. There is a renewal of our minds that needs to take place, and that's called discipleship. There is the fact of doing things right for the sake of doing things right. It is good to do things right. How many of you can sleep well if you do things right? How many of you have issues if you don't sleep right? Because God is in us, and God is not letting us get away with things wrong. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Oh, what is that? Well, that's what it is. Deny yourself. Deny priorities that are not right. De deny arguments that are not worth fighting. Deny your right to be right. Because God says that you're okay. It also says love others. And, and walking with Jesus also requires taking a cross. Look at your bulletin. Look at the picture that Linda Drake chose for this week. Beautiful. How Jesus is leading and all of us are just walking with our crosses. The cross is not an excuse not to walk. And it's actually the cross in many times that is going to determine our new way of walking in many ways. And of course, following Jesus every day, in every moment, in every experience, we learn to follow Jesus. The Oinker sisters reminded us, we got a new way to walk. Walk, walk. We've learned a new way to walk with Jesus, and it makes our spirit shine. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And the old prophet reminds us, so obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God will have you walk into a good land of flowing streams, of pools of waters, with fountains and springs that gush out of the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, 
of grapevine, figs and trees, pomegranates, of olive oil, and honey. Would you like to walk? Would you like to walk that way? I'm asking you this morning. Would you like to learn a new way to walk? Well, we're inviting you to follow Jesus. Every day, learn new ways of getting to know God. Every day, discover a new purpose as you walk. Discover a walk of forgiveness and love. Discover a walk of change and redemption. Discover a walk of transformation leading to victory. Discover a walk of self-denial with a cross. And discovering your real purpose as you walk with Jesus and as you walk in the Spirit of God. Amen.